0: such a time as this, The Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to The Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America. Listen to us every day at whistleblowerreports.org and America Out Loud Talk Radio, as well as CloudHub, and our Rumble channel. We are launching a new weekly series under the Whistleblower Report today with Inside Pharma, with our expert from the United Kingdom, Hedley Reese. And I'm going to tell you more about him, but I want all of you to note your calendars. Every Friday, you will now be able to listen to Inside Pharma with one of the top experts on drug manufacturing, distribution, drug safety, and all of the questions that you probably have that will help save your life if you understand what's really going on. And as, as Hedley Reese will describe as he starts off this series and we launch it today, Big Pharma has become a black box, and nobody really knows what's going on behind the scenes. Big Pharma has outsourced their ingredients, their drug development, their manufacturing, their distribution processes. Most people have no idea where the ingredients in medicines and and vaccines are coming from, what kind of quality oversight they've had, or are there actually any valid safety trials? And on top of that, what we have learned during the COVID pandemic is that the FDA in the United States, as of spring 2022, has said that they are no longer going to require drug manufacturers to disclose ingredients as they modify vaccines or medicines. Traditional vaccines are being converted over to an mRNA platform without proper oversight, without clinical trials, without disclosure of ingredients. America and the world listening, you need to understand our regulatory agencies have abdicated Their responsibility for regulatory oversight, safety oversight, evaluating clinical trials. And in fact, the FDA is not even requiring new clinical trials. This is devastating. And that is why Truthful Health Foundation, through the generosity of our donors as a public charity, have decided to launch a separate program every week under the whistleblower report with our whistleblower report inside pharma bringing his expertise, but also guests from around the world who can talk about these very serious safety issues that affect your health. So Hedley Reese is going to be opening the black box of Big Pharma every week with information to help you look inside and understand the truth of what's inside that black box that can affect your health and your life. And help you make informed decisions based on truthful information, not the lies and deceptions we've been seeing for the last three years. Now, what is his background to be able to bring you inside pharma and a look inside the black box? Hedley Reese is based in the United Kingdom. In fact, he's in Wales. He has been providing consultant expertise on the development, manufacture, and distribution of drugs that are fully compliant with the good manufacturing requirements under U.S. Code 21 CFR Title 21. He has been doing that since 2005 through his own company, PharmaFlow, and prior to that, He spent 16 years in senior roles in big pharma. Bayer Pharmaceuticals is one of the companies that he worked for. He also has spent 10 years in biotech with British Biotech, Vernalis, and OSI Pharmaceuticals, which has now become Estellus. And you can look all of these up. You can read more about his work on Substack, and his columns will be part of our Inside Pharma show each week at www.truthforhealth.org and posted with the podcast of his shows on americaoutloud.com. Each week, he is going to be discussing violations of manufacturing processes and regulations that are supposed to keep us safe. You can also read Hedley Reese's book, Supply Chain Management in the Drug Industry, Delivering Patient Value for Pharmaceuticals and Biologic, that was published by Wiley in New Jersey in 2011. His clear expertise and what he is going to be teaching All of you listening, in fact, you're going to need a pencil and paper each week to take notes on all of the things he's going to be bringing on inside Pharma. And the look inside the black box, trust me, it's going to be earth shattering in terms of the importance for your life and health. But his expertise is in the area of anything that has to do with the manufacture of drugs, beginning with the three phases of clinical trials and preclinical trials, if those are needed, and ongoing oversight of the distribution process and safety of the distribution process of the entire commercial supply, where regulations have been breached, as has been happening in gargantuan ways and catastrophically, dangerous ways through the COVID pandemic, he has a duty to bring the breaches to the attention of the regulators. And this has been, for example, this breach and the good manufacturing and proper distribution of the commercial supply has been happening on a broad scale with the frozen vials of the COVID shots that were shipped before they had even been finished. And then they were requiring the distribution vaccination centers to complete the finishing of the products in facilities that had no equipment to do that. It's staggering what's been done that has harmed so many millions of people around the world. And he has been working night and day tirelessly to expose the lies and deceptions that are costing lives and jeopardizing public safety And one of the reasons that Truthful Health Foundation decided to bring him on to our advisory council and to have him be the host of the weekly Inside Pharma radio show is that we knew it was critically important to save lives to get his information to more people across America and around the world. America and the World Listening Please share this information with your networks. Go to truthforhealth.org, click on the links, share the shows with others, download his columns, share it with your network. We are on a mission to save lives, to bring you truth against the lies and deception. This is our mission. This is our calling. We answer to God's truth and medical truth not the lies and deceptions that are being used for profit and causing death and disability worldwide. This is Dr. Lee for America. This is my commitment to you. This is what my entire medical career has been about and what I have stood for my whole career. I don't sign insurance contracts. I don't answer to insurance carriers. I don't answer to bureaucrats. I answer to God and my patients and what is going to help them, not harm them. So this is who we stand in bringing Hedley Reese to this platform under our banner of truth for your health. Join us every week on Fridays for the Inside Pharma Report with Hedley Reese. Hedley, I am grateful to have you on our team. I am grateful for your incredible work, your knowledge, the way you explain it to help people understand the risk and what they can do to ensure better safety. And I just thank you for your dedicated work on this front. I'm honored to bring you on the air each week under our foundation efforts to bring truth to the public. So thank you for being here.
1: Oh, you're you're very welcome, Dr. Lee. Um, yeah, it's an honor for me to be here, uh, to have this sort of platform with your huge network of loyal followers is uh, is, is a real delight for me. You use the term, uh, the pharma black box, and how true is that? I think many people have learned over COVID that they knew nothing about what goes on inside pharma, And in doing that, they have not been able to challenge many of the things that have been going on. So, what I want to do is is give you a laser guided missile into the smoke and mirrors that uh, have kept the black box uh, so secret from people. And the first thing I want to talk about is is science, because um, it won't have escaped your attention that throughout the whole of COVID. Science, uh, follow the science, you can't argue with the science, this is the science. It's all been preeminent and it's been used to, again, uh, uh, as a way of putting people off the scent, that these vaccines have to be manufactured and before manufacture, they have have to be developed. Prototypes have to be built, materials have to be sourced and a whole host of activities. So when they talk about, you know, follow the science, there's an awful lot of technology, engineering, and all the, the, the various activities you'd associate with making any product, particularly a, a, um, a safety critical product. You know, so this could be an aircraft, it could be an aero engine, it could be a silicon chip, but the processes of bringing it to market are absolutely crucial. And if anything goes uh, wrong with the supply chain and by supply chain, I don't mean delivering from the pharmacy, you know, or the wholesaler delivering from the farm to the pharmacy and then the patient getting it. I mean, the full end-to-end supply chain, which begins with starting materials and for these jobs We're talking there about living uh, living cells, uh, uh, be it either um, recombinant cells cells or chimpanzee cells or whatever. And that's what they call the starting materials. They then have to be transferred to the drug substance manufacturer, and they have to manufacture uh, to given standards. Then that goes to the drug product manufacturer. And then that goes into the distribution system. So these uh, drugs are traversing the world numbers of times. The the amount of miles they travel is incredible. So when you think uh, for much of this, they were frozen down to minus 70 or minus 20 degrees C. And all the controls that you have to have in place to keep them at that temperature within a given range... You have to use dry ice and you really have to monitor the temperature all the way through a journey and at the end of the journey you have to download the real-time monitor and confirm that those temperature ranges have been maintained and if they haven't been you have to hold an investigation into it. Uh, Typically the quality department will do that and if excursions have gone outside the range they might well be rejected or they should be rejected, but we know through the whole of COVID, there's been a very little um, attention applied to the, the whole technical aspects of, of coaching management. So so what I'm trying to give you here is is a foundational understanding. When you look at the pharma industry and what's been going on, there are some basic principles that you need to understand. And as I said, the first one I would say is that look on a medicine, a pharmaceutical as a a plane, an aircraft, um, a car, whatever, and think in terms of how did they actually develop and manufacture those injections at global scale in nine months. And I think if people had that understanding of all the elements involved in developing and, and bringing the drug to market, they would have instantly said, I'm not taking one of those.
0: Well, you it's know, Headley, let me comment because as a person who has had a lot of weird drug interactions or medication side effects due to additives and ingredients that I'm allergic to, as well as um unusual reactions in the past to some of the older vaccines I took earlier in my life. That was my first question as a person, a common sense, but also it was my question as a physician, because I know that it normally, to bring a traditional vaccine to market, normally it takes five to seven years of development and clinical trials and evaluating the data Before and the FDA review process. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, just wearing a common sense hat, this doesn't make sense. How could they possibly bring, it's not even a traditional vaccine. All the COVID shots were this entirely new technology that they never could perfect for AIDS when they were beginning to develop it. And so here is new technology mRNA, I'm not so sure about injecting um, genetic material into my body in the first place. And then they're bringing it out in nine months. None of it made any sense to me medically. None of it made any sense as a human being, common sense person who knows that people have individual reactions to all kinds of things in medicine. So why on earth would we bring this out without any clinical trials that were long enough to tell any damage? So I just want to say that from the beginning. My personal decision was based upon, I'm not going to take this until I know more about it. My recommendation to my patients was, we have early treatment. You don't need to be fearful of COVID. Why put an experiment in your body until we know more about it? So yeah, I agree I, with what you've said from a as a practicing physician and as a common sense person.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of common sense seemed to uh, seem to disappear o- over Covid. Um, yes, yeah, so, yeah, what I would say to that, in terms of a- anyone thinking about a medicinal product, a prescription uh, drug, call it what you will, It's an unknown substance when it's new. So, you know, would you go out into the field and, you know, pick a mushroom and think, well, I'll eat, I don't know what it is, but I'll eat it because it might, it might taste nice. Uh, So the, the assumption with any development of a new molecular entity has to be, we don't know what it's going to do to the body. And we don't know what the body is going to do to the medicine. Hence, we have to have a rigorous process to ensure it's safe, effective, and made to the correct quality. And and the way that's been done historically, uh, and this is uh, this this is for FDA, European Medicines Agency, other agencies around the world. They all have a common technical document, which has been harmonized globally by the International Conference on Harmonization of Technical Requirements for Pharmaceutical Products. So. There is a standard global system that has been in place for years and years. And the way it works is that the company who wants to uh, market an unknown substance, first of all, has to go through safety testing in uh, animal models. And they start to collect the data. And as they collect data, and when they've got the data they need, they have to submit it using a, a an electronic common technical document and that's very clear on the data that's required. There's there's three modules involved. Module three is what is known as chemistry, manufacturing and controls. That's effectively the entire supply chain from start to finish. All the suppliers, the specifications, the manufacturing protocols, development protocols, uh, 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 analytical methods, there's a huge amount of data that has to be submitted for all the companies in the supply chain. And it could be 10, 15, 30 companies or, and, and more even. So, uh, module- so it's much
0: more complex than most people realize. And, and many more moving parts with all of these different manufacturers contributing ingredients for products. I mean I just want people to understand the enormity of what you're saying here
1: yeah so people have there've been a lot to talk about the other two modules well module 4 is the safety module that's toxicology and immunogenicity all the things that you have to test as i say what the drug does to the body and what the body does to the, uh, the drug but also the clinical uh, module 5 is the clinical module now Safety of a drug is dependent on module three and module four, which is the supply chain that is injected into the patient's arm. What a patient gets, and, and if I had taken one, I, I would have had it, is the product of the supply chain. It's you know whatever happened in the lab, whatever they say, oh this is safe or whatever, it doesn't matter because the supply chain is is the is the physical way the drug gets into the body. So if anything goes wrong in the supply chain, then a patient could die. And we know there was an episode in 2007-2008 when heparin was adulterated and it killed numbers of people and harmed many others. When when, um, uh, the heparin was adulterated with a a toxic chemical uh, sourced in China, that was basically 100 times cheaper than the original. And that sent a shockwave through the world. And subsequently, there have been acts passed to make sure that pharma companies check out all their suppliers and make sure that they're not buying toxic materials. And yet, when uh, COVID came along with the injections, none of those concerns have, have, have been raised
0: well in fact they've t- looked the other way it's not that they it's not just that these concerns have not been raised the fda and the medicines regulatory agency in the uk and across europe have absolutely looked the other way and deliberately ignored these questions raised by physicians and scientists and pharmaceutical experts. I mean, you and, and many other pharmaceutical supply and manufacturing and distribution experts have been raising these issues for the last three years, longer than that, but especially the last three years related to the development of the COVID shots.
1: Yes, indeed. And how they've done it is that they've talked about a role in review, um, where they've combined all three phases of, of clinical trials together They've ignored this basically the requirements of module four, the safety requirements, testing in animal models, and they've ignored the, the, the chemistry manufacturing controls module. Because with that, um you have each time you scale up in a supply chain, you have to retest the product in animal models to make sure that the molecular structure hasn't changed for the compound. Uh, it's quite common for structures to change when you scale up. Uh, it's like you know you cook a cake in in the oven in the house uh, to a recipe, and then if you move that to a you know a, 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 an industrial scale, then you're not going to you know you have to be sure that you, you 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 test the cake, taste it or whatever when it's at the higher scale to make sure it's not going to taste very differently, you know a a, a different taste okay that's fine uh, that doesn't matter, but if it's a different level of potency or toxicity, then that's crucially important. So, the, the, and that didn't happen. It couldn't have happened with these rolling reviews because they were scaling up and not doing any testing. So,
0: well, it, actually, I personally have experience, and we can talk about this um, in the second half that'll be coming up shortly. But I personally have experience with a whistleblower who worked in a Pfizer manufacturing center in the US who talked about the fact that unlabeled boxes of ingredients with Chinese labeling were coming into the plant. And all of the, she was was trained as a quality oversight expert and all of her warnings and questions were ignored. And in fact, she was not allowed to do her job properly. So it was direct interference with the oversight and quality checks that were in place that were prevented from being carried out with these COVID shots, which is an even more ominous aspect to it. And we can explore some of that in the second half. This is Dr. Lee for America with the whistleblower report launching the new Inside Pharma, Inside Big Pharma's Black Box. They keep hidden from you each Friday on the Whistleblower Report at whistleblowerreports.org and America Out Loud Talk Radio, as well as CloudHub and Rumble. We'll be right back after the break. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, where you will learn information and can print resources to provide you the steps to understand what's happening and take steps proactively that will help save your life. We'll be right back after the break.
2: Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutLoud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The Liberty and justice for all.
3: World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
2: If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made CofixRx nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free, Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud.
4: This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate. Many of them have lost their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating the constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That is truthforhealth.org. Truth, the word for, health.org.
0: This is Dr. Lee for America, back with the second half of the Whistleblower Report Inside Big Pharma with Headley Reese, our expert on our team, who is bringing you what's really going on inside this black box of big pharma that can affect your life and your health. He is an expert in drug manufacturing, development, distribution, or actually, I should say it the other way around, drug development, manufacture, and distribution in the proper sequence of how it should work. And in serving as an expert consultant to pharma to be sure that they comply with the good manufacturing practices requirements of U.S. Code 21 CFR, Title 21. And he has been doing that for his whole career in one way or another. So, Headley, back to what you were saying about the serious concerns in oversight of quality in the manufacturing of these COVID shots and in what's going on in the distribution situation that also jeopardizes people's life and health. Let's go on with what you have discovered is going on with the COVID shots in particular. You mentioned that the frozen vaccines were actually shipped to vaccination centers unfinished. Tell us more about what that means for the average person who doesn't understand about finishing a vaccine in order to be able to inject it into people.
1: Okay. Yes. Well, traditionally, uh, the way a medicine gets to patients is through the wholesaler network. So in the U.S., you have Merisource, Bergen, McKesson and Cardinal Health who have the skills and training to be able to uh, store and distribute the, uh, the any pharmaceutical to pharmacies and then uh, to patients. But... Because these vaccines were frozen down to minus 70 or minus 20 degrees C, they could not handle them. So the vaccines were shipped directly into vaccination centres where volunteers, and trained people working without standard operation procedures, with no training experience, were carrying out very complex manufacturing operations. Thawing is a, a manufacturing operation because it's the same as scaling up. When you thaw uh, a, a compound from, say, minus 70 degrees C down to uh, uh, plus two to eight degrees C, which is refrigerated, the molecular structure can change. So you have to define the um, the, the the way you do it to ensure that your thawing process delivers the same compound when it's thawed as when it was, when it's uh, um, called defrosted, when it's not thawed to when it was thawed. So, and studies have to be carried out to to work that out. So what we found was, of course, that um, the instructions were on the internet, The volunteers then had to take the thawed material, uh, which was a vial with five or six doses in it. Then they had to insert saline diluent into the vial. They had to tip it up and down 10 times. Then they had to um, withdraw five or six doses and inject into, into patient. Now, there's so many opportunities for things to go wrong there. That you're guaranteed that some patients are going to get too much, some not enough, um, and you know, was it properly mixed? Mixing is very important in pharmaceuticals, and that's why this is again manufactured because if you get improper mixing, you can get hot spots where part of it is a lot more potent than uh, uh, another part. <clears throat> so, in principle. That whole concept of shipping frozen vaccines into the vaccination centres, A, was illegal under uh, CFR Title 21, um, and B, uh, had no quality system associated with it as an alternative. Uh, You know, quality systems, all industries use them to ensure people know what they're doing, they know where they fit into the organisation, they know they get the proper training and and all these things. There was no quality system involved in that. Now, the other thing I would say is that it is unheard of for FDA to approve a drug without running pre-approval inspections for at least the drug substance manufacturer and the drug product manufacturer. Now, the pre-approval inspection, um, I used to work with uh, Kathleen Culver at Cincinnati uh, uh, District in 2000. Uh, 2010, 2014, who was the pre-approval manager for a Cincinnati district. And an inspection means very experienced inspectors, at least two, go into the facility and they spend four days there and they go through everything and compare it against uh, Title 20 21 expectations. And they write the report and if they see things they don't like, they write up a Form 483 and that'll explain all the issues and what they have to remediate before they can actually um, uh, become approved. Now, uh, and
0: none of these... that was done with the COVID
1: shots. Well, uh, strangely, it was done for at least two companies I'm aware of. One was um, Rentschler in Germany, who make the, the, the Pfizer uh, drug substance. They had a horrific exp- inspection. No control, no process control. People didn't know what they were doing. I'm translating that from what how 483 was written. They were basically saying that it was out of control. And yet they were still allowed to go on uh, producing and they're even expanding into a new plant somewhere else. And Catlin Pharma Solutions in Bloomington, they had an inspection again. It's Bloomington,
0: Indiana or Bloomington in the UK?
1: Oh no, in Indiana. Yes. In the U.S.? In the U.S., yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Everybody listen. This is this is the United States where we're supposed to be having the FDA do its job. We're paying their... The cost of that is a taxpayer-funded agency to protect the public. Listen to what Hedley Reese just said. They're not doing it.
1: Well, I, what I would say, Dr. Lee, is that the inspection was a very good inspection, very experienced, but no action from those above was taken. And in my experience and judgment, they should have been closed down until the remediation work took place. And you know, and if there were systemic errors in the company, that could be months, if not, you know, years. So uh, the, the one thing. I so let say me about-
0: see if I understand that, Headley, just yeah. to make sure I've understood correctly what you said, so that our listeners understand the enormity of it, that the Bloomington, Indiana, United States plant had a quality experienced inspector who listed the steps that needed to be taken to be in compliance with 21 CFR Title 21. Good manufacturing practices, and provided a list of remediation, and the higher ups in power in the U.S. did not take any action on that. Did I understand that correctly?
1: Yeah, there was no action taken, and this is documented in uh, a journal called an industry journal called Fierce Pharma. Uh, The four eight three is on this, so. Um, I can share that with you for, for the notes. You can see the 483 for um, Bloomington and for Rensselaer. And we also have the, the with J&J, we have the Emergent Biosolutions uh, inspection. Again, the, they, they were stopped. But remember, they conflated the Johnson Johnson and AstraZeneca, uh, two different products. They mixed them together. Now, Johnson & Johnson should have been exercising proper oversight to make sure the facilities and the quality system would not allow that to happen. So you have to ask the question where was the oversight from the company that sponsored both the clinical trials and the the commercial sale? And it's the same for Pfizer, it's the same for Moderna. They hold the responsibility for oversight over all the supply chain, all the compliance with the standards, and the overall, you know, safety, efficacy, and quality of the drugs. So, you know, and yet
0: they're not exercising that proper oversight and taking remediation steps when problems are identified. America, I really hope you're listening to this. This is why physicians who've been warning of the complications with the COVID shots are urging people not to get more boosters because the manufacturing alone has serious problems. The distribution has serious problems. We don't know the ingredients in them. And this is something you're injecting into your body that has long-term consequences. So please listen carefully to what Hedley-Reese is explaining to us, it's critically
1: important. Yes. So in terms of compliance, there are huge issues. And I'll go back to the fact that the big pharma companies in the mid 80s uh, started to outsource all its physical assets to focus basically on patents and sales and marketing. So the whole piece in the middle is in the hands of contractors. Now, I'm not saying they're good or bad, but I'm just saying they are working for a fee-for-service basis, and they're not going to benefit from any mega profits that are going to be made. So they have to be properly briefed. They have to have technical agreements supplied to them, or sometimes called quality and technical agreements, so that they are told exactly what they have to do to meet the requirements of the the, the the application to market a drug and again, you know it's so complex these days it's physically impossible for any one company to uh, have oversight. They, they might have 50 or 60 different companies all contributing to the the, the 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 manufacture of the product. you know if you think in terms of the the contract research organizations that are doing the data management, the, the trial sites like Bentavia, where Brooke Jackson was working, all these companies have to have proper oversight from Pfizer, if taking Pfizer as an example. But Pfizer outsourced to a company called ICON, a Contract Research Organization, and they outsourced to a company called Ventavia. And if, if anyone's seen any of the interviews with Brooke Jackson, she knows her stuff, and within a day or two, she knew it was totally, totally out of control. You know, they were well. <laughs> you, it's it's all you know. When she talks about it, you you get a sort of ah, oh, an awful feeling because you think how must how must it have been watching all those things going wrong, then complaining to management, and they just say, oh, there's no issue, and then you write to the FDA, and and they say there's no issue as well. You know, it's uh, so. Yeah, that, so there's so many issues. I'm hoping we can go through these as we continue with uh, with, with this uh, program, Dr. Lee.
0: Well, that is what exactly what we're bringing you on to the Whistleblower Report to do each week is to take our listeners a, uh, through a step-by-step guide to Inside the Black Box of Big Pharma And understand what they should be doing to ensure safety of medicines and vaccines and what they are not doing that people need to know so that they can make informed decisions. I I think this is critical. And you will will decide each week the step-by-step discussion that you want to lead to help our listeners understand this. And for all of the listeners, if you have questions about this that you want us to address, send an email to producer at whistleblowerreports.org. And we will take into account your questions and work on shows to develop answers for you. So send an email, producer at whistleblowerreports.org. And if you are a whistleblower who would like to come forward and share with us what you know, we can do so confidentially to protect your identity or you can come forward by name. It's your choice. We promise to protect your identity if you come forward as a whistleblower. But use that same email. If you have questions, or if you're a whistleblower who wants to come forward and help us expose what's happening that is costing lives and causing so much maiming and disability among people across this country and around the world. Your other thoughts, Hedley, what would you like to ask consumers to think about and and to, to do, what can they do to begin to be more involved in understanding what's happening and taking steps to protect their own safety as well as the safety of their loved ones.
1: Yes, well, uh, not to be afraid to ask questions. It's very difficult these days because the typical physician doesn't know any more about the drug than you, you do as a patient because all they've got is the Patient information leaflet or the package insert—it's called different things. You know, you, when you get your drug, you've got the 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 leaflet in there, and it's got all these different contraindications and side effects. And the side effects become almost meaning meaningful because there's you know there's hundreds of side effects, and you don't know. It. So it's a very confusing thing. But the the the, the, doc, the doctor doesn't get any more information than that, so he he cannot give you a sort of inside view of of the drug that's any better than 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 you've got so we have to work on really educating doctors so that they know what question to ask the pharmaceutical industry rather than just a, you know a representative turning up at the doctor's surgery he he goes through he details these various uh, products um now that's a lot and i think there is a, a longer term educational need here across the board you know, A typical education medical school you know it doesn't tell you anything about how drugs are developed manufactured so you can understand why even doctors aren't asking the right questions because they, they just think drugs are discovered by s- serendipity the, the 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 penicillin um uh, myth And that was uh, highlighted as a myth by a gentleman called Bob Gaines in 2017, where he wrote an article where he said, actually, although penicillin was an uh, accidental finding by Alexander Fleming in 2028, he couldn't actually isolate what was in the uh, the mode that was killing bacteria. And it took him 11 years to find chemists at uh, Oxford University who isolated the compound uh, for for him, they could make small gram quantities of it, and they run some preclinical and clinical trials, and they found it was working. So now they had a huge amount of evidence that this was a very good drug, but they couldn't make it in any quantity. So they they flew off to the U.S. Department of uh, Agriculture, which was the forerunner to the FDA, and they met with some people there. One of them was a gentleman called Andrew J. Moyer, and he um, was an expert in the manufacture of moulds, and he devised a process uh, that sort of fed the bacteria in a way where they grew exponentially, and from that they could actually make 10 quantities of penicillin And the process was given to Pfizer, Merck, a few other companies. And, you know, penicillin came to the world. But it was a hugely uh, collaborative activity and it needed the three different um, skill sets, the the doctor to identify, you know, the, the, the discovery that something's happening with something he's seen, you need the the, the development chemists to be able to isolate the active ingredient. And then you need the manufacturing people to be able to develop the process. And Moya actually had the patent for penicillin. These days, of course, we don't patent uh, 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 processes. We patent molecules, which makes no sense whatsoever, because for most of them, they can't be manufactured. You know, they get a patent, then they uh, go on their... Uh, route to market and um, they just failed because they, they, they weren't able to be, to be manufactured. So that is a major issue that's come about from this 40-year movement from two patterns away from manufacturing drugs for patients.
0: Well, so, I think that's one of the things that the average person taking medicine doesn't really understand about how long it takes to really develop something new and test it properly and make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to and not causing harm and how to then get it into a stable delivery system. You know people as another example, people talk about oh, natural hormones, bioidentical hormones only come from compounding pharmacies. Well, that's not true at all. It actually, the pharmaceutical grade, estradiol, testosterone, progesterone, for example, powder that's used is only made by about five companies worldwide. And they serve all of the commercial and compounding pharmacies with the same pharmaceutical grade precursor Compounders make up their own formulas, but commercial products have spent the money in R&D to develop the patent to ensure stable, sustained delivery, either in a tablet or a patch or a vaginal ring or whatever. And most people don't understand that the bioidentical substrate that the commercial pharmaceutical companies use and the compounding pharmaceutical companies are exactly the same the importance comes with all the development that went into proper development to have that medicine, that hormone, that bioidentical molecule delivered to the body in a safe and effective and sustained way. So that's just one example from my field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I think the starting point is giving people the confidence to ask questions, even though the physician or the doctor probably is not going to be very happy about it. But we have to get doctors to, uh, you know, to question the pharmaceutical industry, not just absorb the sales spiel <clears throat> that they get from the, the the trained reps who are, you know, they are really are experts. At um, convincing doctors that you know uh, uh, that these this is the right thing to do. Um, so uh, as well as questions, uh, there is a lot on the on the regulatory websites. If you know where to look, um, you can find information out. So I think it's about building up skills where you can do your own investigative ju- uh, ju- journalism. If, if you like, I I know um, uh, uh, when I was organizing a, a, a conference a few years ago, there's one lady I knew, she uh, had, had a hysterectomy and her doctor had recommended a, a drug. And she said, what do you think? I said, I'm not sure. Why don't you have a look into it? And um, she looked at it. She said, the side effects on this are horrific. Um you know I, I she was waiting for I think she was waiting for hystere- of this hysterectomy and when she looked it up, she decided she was going to just wait until the the operation ra- rather than take the drug, which potentially had I think it was kidney issues or, or or whatever it's it's very easy to gen up on these drugs once you start to to dig into it so uh that's the other thing I would say I think. Well,
0: I, I just think all of this is so critically important. And I'm, I'm really grateful, Hedley, that, that you've been willing to commit your time and expertise to do this weekly program. And listeners, I really encourage you, send us your questions. If there are things you want us to be addressing, this is a program to serve the public. And we want to make it as meaningful as possible. So we try to bring you different topics, military, legal, medical freedom, what's going on that affects your health in the environment, many topics. And we bring you the vaccine report every week with Dr. Mike Eden, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe and Headley, part of that team. So we are working hard to help you have information to keep you safe and healthy and address all of the lies and deceptions that are coming at us. So let us know what you'd like to hear more about, producer at whistleblowerreports.org, and that is plural, whistleblowerreports.org, and let us know what you would like to hear. And we really put out a call to action. If there are any other pharmaceutical manufacturing employees who are seeing abuses and things that raise concerns, contact us. Let us get your information out to the public. And again, we are here to serve the public. Hedley, thank you for the initial launch of Inside Pharma. We are honored to have you. And we will be back every Friday with Inside Pharma, produced and brought to you by Hedley Reese, Inside Pharma expert. Check out his column on Substack, Inside Pharma. And it will also be on our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Check out all our resources, steps to take before you go in the hospital, download our vaccine injury treatment guide, fill out a citizen's vaccine injury report, download our fact sheet on Marburg, the latest scaremongering tactic from the global elites who are trying to scare you about the next pandemic. We have facts to rebut the fear and join our Faith Over Fear seminar every Tuesday night 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and we will be back tomorrow with another Whistleblower Report. Go back and listen to the archives at www.whistleblowerreports.org. Dr. Lee for America signing off today. Join our crusade. We were the voiceless. We are silent no more.